Many times in life, we are faced with trial, with adversity, suffering, pain, heartbreak, or disappointment. And if we live long enough, we will have our fair share of it, no doubt. Or some folks might even have more than their fair share. But when these trials inevitably occur, brothers and sisters, we often ask, why? What is the point? Why this suffering? Why this disappointment? And hearing the words that begin our first reading today from the Book of Wisdom can sometimes leave us with mixed emotions. I've been praying a lot over, over the course of this week with sort of the beginning words of our first reading. It just kind of jumped out to me as I began praying with these readings earlier this week. Who can know God's counsel? Or who can conceive what the Lord intends? For the deliberations of mortals are timid and unsure are our plans. When we just want to know why that bad things happen in life or even in our own life, hearing the words, who can understand what God intends, can sometimes feel like a cop-out. Simply saying we don't know why can seem too simplistic for us and falls at times, woefully short of what we might be looking for in that moment. And truth be told, I've had, you know, I've thought about these things myself at times throughout my own life. Because in and of themselves, isolated from everything else, suffering and evil don't make sense. Again, taken on their own, isolated from everything else, suffering and evil don't make sense in and of themselves. And further, we might even ask ourselves, how could a good God allow difficult things to happen in our lives? How does one make sense of this reading from the book of wisdom today? We have to understand a few things first, brothers and sisters. Number one, God does not directly will suffering or directly will evil. It isn't as if he has his hand on a dial of suffering and decides to turn it up to 11 once in a while, for certain people. It's something God allows, not wills. And there's a big difference between those two things. It's something that God permits. And therefore, it's something that he utilizes. He utilizes suffering. He uses our trials to give us grace and to help us grow in unity with Jesus. We have a God, brothers and sisters, who can use our misfortunes, use our setbacks, and even use our sufferings to bring about some kind of good. Whether we experience that good in our lifetime or in the lifetime to come, we have a God who is able to use the difficult parts of life to bring about some kind of good. And the greatest example, of course, is Christ himself. He implored his disciples today to take up your cross. You just think about what those words mean and what would eventually come for Jesus. God used the cross to bring about the defeat of death itself. Again, on its own, isolated from everything else, the cross makes no sense. It is the essence of suffering, the essence of failure, and the essence of defeat. And yet God used that. He used that to help bring about our redemption. To transform the essence of defeat into the symbol of our victory. 
If God can use the greatest suffering this world has ever known to be able to bring about some kind of good, he can do it for us. And so when we experience difficulties and tribulations in life, it is an opportunity for us to trust in God, who has already transformed far greater, far more profound things, such as the cross. He's already transformed those things. And we know that he can do the same for us in our own lives. And when that happens, brothers and sisters, it is almost as if the cross and the resurrection are working in real time. They're working in real time right here in our day and age, right in our own lives. It's the cross and the resurrection made real in our own day. And there is nothing, brothers and sisters, nothing that God cannot use to bring about some good in this world and to bring about his plan. God can work equally through our successes as well as in our failures, in our weaknesses, just as much even as our strength. And God can even use our sinfulness and our imperfections to bring about something good. He alone, he alone can transform them and use them to accomplish his will, which is far greater than anything you and I could ever comprehend with our own minds. Our responsorial psalm sort of illustrates this. God, in, in, for a, a thousand years, are as yesterday in your sight, the psalmist exclaims, no more than a watch of the night. That is how, more, how much more vast and wise God is compared to us mere mortals. So every one of us, I think, can point maybe to a couple of instances in our own lives where God has transformed difficult moments and trials into something that has brought about some good. For me, at least, a couple come to mind. First, when I was uh, in sixth and seventh grade, I got cut from select baseball teams two years in a row. And it was awful. I hated it. I cried. It was awful. It was like a devastating thing for a kid who wanted to grow up and be the next Albert Pujols. Clearly, that has not happened. But it was devastating to me, and at the time, it, it almost crushed my world. It was a huge disappointment, but looking back, it was God wanting me to see there were things more important than any, any supposed athletic prowess I might have. And then maybe another, it was around my junior year in high school. My, my mom nearly, nearly died from some complications from surgery. She was in the ICU for a few days. She came very, very close to death. And it was a jarring thing for me to go through. Uh, it was very, very difficult and very painful. Uh, but going through that experience, it allowed me to lean on my faith more than any other time in my life. And in those moments, yes, I was a little bit angry and confused about what on earth God had in his mind. Why he was allowing these things to happen. And in the time, I really had no idea what God was thinking. And all of us might feel this way at times throughout our lives. This is very real for all of us. But over time, looking back, it's been wonderful and beautiful to see how God used these episodes to help me realize that my faith should be the highest priority in my life, even from a young age. And I, I honestly doubt I would be a priest today if not for those events. Sure, there are many, many other things that contributed to my vocation, more positive and good, Maybe those difficult moments 
they, uh, they contributed in their own way, in their own special way too. God had a profound, beautiful, and glorious plan to unfold for me. And he has the same for all of us. Seeing how God can use those parts of life, whether it's getting cut from a baseball team or going through what we went through as a family with my mom, it sometimes blows me away. It shows that God is far wiser than me. And at the end of the day, God wants what is good for us. I think of the words written to the pro- by the prophet Jeremiah, where God told Jeremiah, For I know well the plans I have in mind for you. Plans for your welfare, not your woe. Those words were spoken to Jeremiah at the beginning of the Babylonian exile, one of the lowest points in Jewish history. And God was not wrong there. God knew what plans he had in mind for his people, and he knows what he has in mind for us. So even if we don't know what God has in mind for us when we're in the doldrums of life, we must trust that God is leading us somewhere. And if our only reaction to suffering or setbacks is to get angry with God, then there's no way for us to be able to see his goodness. So brothers and sisters, when we find it difficult to find God in our sufferings, misfortunes, and failings, remember that we have a God who can make use of all things, even our hardships, to bring about his goodness. And even if we can't see the bigger picture in the moment, let us trust that God's plans are for our welfare, not our woe, and that God can make all things, even our disappointments and trials, work together for our good.